he loves his kids until they become monsters, and then he drop them off at grandma and grandpa's. Well, we're getting good this morning. I like when Corey gets a mic. I look, I look all right. <laughs> if you're visiting, we do have a nursery all the way through kind of middle school, and then you get to kind of choose where your kids go. Sometimes kids are real comfortable right next to you. Other times you can go actually go to class with them and meet the teacher and sit with them and then come back when you want to. And so uh, that's just something if you're visiting, you're kind of wondering, like, how does this all work? And so that's how it works. And so we like to have kids in the service when we're worshiping, because why not? I mean, how, does, how do students, kids learn how to worship other than being part of worship? And so that's kind of what we do. We kind of come together, and when, the, when the, all the instruments are going, they can make all the noise they want. It's okay. The Bible says what? Make a joyful noise. I miss Zeke already, because he's usually crawling under the chairs. It's like, dang. So... Uh, we love families here, and we want to be a church that ministers to each one. And so, amen. So, again, uh, those that left to teach today, we, 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 uh, that's a, a great ministry. Wow. It's that time, huh? It's time to open God's Word. And we're going to spend the bulk of our time in uh, Mark chapter 2 today. And so, we're going to look at the first 12 verses. So, Lord, as we open your word, your word, you chose these words. Lord, it says that if everything that you did were recorded, that the libraries of the world would be full. And so, Lord, the Bible is a pretty big book. But think about all that could be in the Bible. So that means, Lord, by your Holy Spirit, you directed everything that is said. Thank you, Lord, that we have a report of the heart of God through the Word of God, the teachings. Lord, the steps of a righteous man or woman, young person, are ordered by the Lord. Lord, we know what happens when we order our own steps. We go astray. We uh, crash and we burn. And Lord, so we come back to Scripture and we ask that you order our steps, that your word would be a light to the path. And Lord, that light would guide our hearts. Your word is precious, and we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. So we're going to jump into the book of Mark. And uh, people early, I mean, this is early, this is chapter two, okay? This is like real early in the book of Mark. And the people already know that Jesus was the hero of the story. So they got it. This group of people got it really quickly that Jesus is the hero of the story. One of my joys is when I get to go to my wife's class and the kids that we pray for and the kids that she tells me about every day, I get to meet. And then next joy is after I meet the kids, somehow I get to hear her read a story. And I love watching her in action. And so I thought today, because this is a, a wonderful story in the ch second chapter of Mark, and I'm going to have her read the story, verses 1 through 12. And this is definitely 
kind of like a story. It's not Paul's theological teachings, but this is a story out of the book of Mark, God's story. And so I think we have that up and going, Patricia. If not, my wife has her Bible and she can. So be a, be a first grade teacher. Would that be all right? Okay. <laughs> I'm kind of comfortable with that. So, all right. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there, thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. Now you know why she's a teacher. So a little background, just a little background. Uh, Earlier in chapter 1, Jesus ends up going uh, to to Simon's mother-in-law was sick. And that was just back in verse 29. And uh, Jesus touches her and she is healed. And then that evening after sunset, the people brought Jesus, all the sick and the demon-possessed, and the whole town gathered around the door. Pretty cool scene. So this is like the second time, at least in the book of Mark, that there's been a gathering of people being touched and healed by by Jesus. And uh, it says... Very early in the morning, like the next morning, this is verse 35 of chapter 1, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. So his disciples were already kind of tasting success. Doesn't success taste good? There's crowds. There's people that are wanting to get in. The next morning, they're lined up again. Like, we heard what Jesus did last night. You think he could do this again today? And so they had like, like a hide-and-go-seek. You, you go that way, and you go that way, and we're going to go find Jesus because there's people lined up already to be touched by him. And, and verse 37, they found him. And guess what he was doing? He was praying. He was seeking the heart of his father. And they 
explained, everyone is looking for you. You are so popular. You had just started. You're only in chapter one, and look what you've done. You created this party, spiritual party. And Jesus kind of lets him down in verse 38. I need to go elsewhere. What? What do you mean you're, you're not coming back? To the, no, I'm not going back to the house. Jesus replied, let's go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he said, I, I haven't just come to heal. I've come to share the good news. And so we can't just stay here right now. We'll be back. But right now, I need to do my Father's will. Now, how did Jesus know his Father's will? Is that he spent the morning doing what? Praying. He wasn't at, he wasn't at like the, the, the gym, okay? Uh, who gets up early in the morning and hits the gym? Anybody? Okay. Terry, you get up early? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> okay. See, so he's with his father, and he's kind of getting his marching orders, and he's really saying, I, I, I'm glad there's a crowd, but I didn't come for the crowd. I came to preach the good news. And so if you flip your page back, at least in mine, it says uh, in chapter 1, so what was Jesus preaching? It actually tells you what he was preaching. Uh, chapter 1, verse 14, after John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of Jesus, the good news of God. The time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. So that was what Jesus preached. The kingdom of God is here, is near. And we need to repent and believe and follow the good news. So that's what's happening. And all of a sudden we're in chapter 2. So we read that a few days later when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in large numbers and there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. He preached the word to them. Then all of a sudden, the story kind of opens up. And there are four men had a faith and a belief that Jesus could make a difference. There was four men who had a friend. There was four men that could bring this friend lunch and I don't know if they had checkers back then. They could hang out with them. But that friend was what? Paralyzed. And those friends knew that they could not help them the way he really needed help. And so what was their, what was their plan? Let's take them, him to who? To Jesus. Already in chapter 2, they realized that they weren't the answer. But somehow they were going to work together and get their what? Paralyzed friend to Jesus. I think the key word was that this word uh, determination. Uh, we're we're going to carry this man to Jesus. 
we're not going to let anything stop us. How determined were they? I mean, it's really pretty easy. The Gospels, the stories are pretty easy. They were determined. Were they determined? Okay, so whenever you, you have a, a goal in mind, and particularly a spiritual goal, isn't there usually some opposition? And there's things that just don't quite go the way you want, and your, your determination, even your good intent is what? Challenged. Always. How determined were they? The house was full. How full was the house? So the inside was full and the uh, outside were full. Kind of like Disneyland. You pay 100 bucks to go through a place and you can hardly get in or out or get in line. So the place is full. And he, they could have said what? We tried. Sorry, buddy. I know we carried on this mat all the way here, but we're going to take you home. They didn't say that. Nope, they didn't say that. We're going to the roof. There's always one in the crowd. Praise God for one of those four friends that said, we're taking you to the roof. And the other three said, really? What are we going to do up there? We're taking you to the roof because you need to meet Jesus. And we're going to take whatever, whatever it takes to get you to Jesus. One of the three, some, then what? So we're at the roof. What are we going to do then? We're going to take the roof apart. <laughs> no, we're not going to take the roof apart. Yeah, we're going to open the roof and see these, this mat this our friend's on. I'm not sure. You, was, a, was a guy on the mat smiling by now? What do you think? I know you need to know. It matters what, what four friends have the corner. But they, the reason I say this is because Jesus saw something in their friends. Because in a moment, Jesus said, he looks up and he saw the four friends. Jesus took notice. Have you ever tried to lower something down with four corners? So my question, it's not in the Bible, the answer is not there, but who brought the rope? Because to lower somebody down, it takes a rope. That means that you, what? Have to get four ropes. You have to work as what? A team. Together, right? You're working together as a team. <laughs> I have kind of a sick, like, funny mind sometimes. The guy said, don't drop me. I'm already paralyzed. <laughs> like, I mean, like, be careful. Uh, uh, it's like, you know, they're going like, ah, what do you mean? You're already paralyzed. I mean, who knows what kind of went on? The next friends and then what we're going to lower him right down to Jesus and then what that part is up to Jesus our job is to bring him and get him there and from there we can do nothing is that what's that called faith kind of reminds me of the story 
in Acts chapter 3. And Peter and John are heading to the temple, and there's a beggar. And when he saw John and Peter about to enter, he asked them for money. And Peter looked straight at him as at John. And Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his full attention. And Peter said, what? Silver and gold I do not have. But what you really need is what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, stand up and walk. Sometimes the world is crying out for something that they think they need. And as believers of Jesus Christ, in a very loving way, we can say, I know what you're, what you're asking for, but what you need is to meet Jesus. What you need is to meet your Lord and Savior. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. And he jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts. This is fun. Walking and jumping and leaping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as a man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. Don't you love the Word of God? I love the Word of God. So back to chapter 2. Things around verse 5. What does your version say? 2 5. When Jesus saw their faith, Who's, who's the word there belong to? The man on the mat or the friends? And how many friends were there? See, two of them probably could have got him there. Have you ever done like a little stretcher carry? It's, not, it's a lot of work, really. It's really not a lot of fun. It starts being fun, but pretty soon that person gets a little heavy. And all of a sudden, one person maybe could have put him on a mat and drug him there, right? And two of them would have, could have carried them. He could have got them there. But really, to accomplish, to accomplish what needed to happen in this man's life, it took how many? Four. I love teamwork. Uh, throughout Scripture, you see uh, God said it's not good for man to be alone. There's so many times that he brings us together to accomplish his work. Yet his work is really done on the cross, and all we have to do is bring people to the foot of Jesus. So that verse 5, uh, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Did those friends bring their friend to Jesus? For what purpose? To be healed. I love when we go to Jesus for the wrong reason. You ever been to Jesus for the wrong reason and you end up getting what you really need? So he started with like, I mean, only Jesus could forgive sins. And I'm not going to even talk about the Pharisees and those that were there. They're pretty like, 
only the Son of God can forgive sins. And 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 Jesus, I'm I'm the one. I am the man. I am the son, I'm the Son of God. Wow, the four men made a difference. The four men that were determined to bring their friend to Jesus, the four men were not the heroes. Jesus is the hero. But those four men played an important part in the story. Agreed? So I'm going to just stop for a moment and ask a kind of important question. A personal question. Who carried you to Jesus? Who put you, in a sense, on a mat? Who introduced you to Jesus in your life? Who brought you into the presence of Jesus Christ, your Savior, your Redeemer? Pretty special people. But those people couldn't save you. All they could do is to bring you to the presence of the Lord, to meet Jesus. Anybody want to share a name or two? Who brought you into the presence of Jesus? So names, just somebody, just... Amaya. Who else? I heard somebody say April. Amen. It's good to recognize who brought you to the presence of the Lord. Because we're lost and we've gone astray. And we need people in our life to kind of, what? Pick us up and be determined. Barbara, who? Your grandma. Yes. Your parents. Amen. Back here. Amen. See, that's what the body of Christ is and does. Anybody else? We're just proclaiming. Jack Little. So my mom and dad took me to a family camp. I even wrote the year down, 1955. My parents didn't save me. The pastor who prayed over me didn't save me. Jesus saved me. But along the way, I had a number of people who carried me to Jesus. It happens the first time, but it probably happens the second time, the third time, and the fourth time. I was crippled, and I was broken, I was lost. I was a sinner that needed Jesus. There was the Coach White, there was the Fred Greaves, and I'd say it with much Christine Drummond. As, as, as when you're married, you often, uh, two are better than one. A good return on work. When one is down, the other can what? Help them up. Two have a good return on their work. Two are kept warm. When two or three are gathered in the name of Jesus, there's something special about that. Okay, this is, this is the next fun question. Okay, here's the next question. Who have you carried to Jesus? So like, these four could say, yeah, we took our crippled, lame friend. Who have you carried to Jesus? So we uh, saw 15 young people give their life to Jesus Christ at winter camp. Who carried these young people to Jesus? Many of you did. You prayed. Many of you had prayer cards, right? And then you prayed. You gave scholarships. You ate some yummy enchiladas. Some of you went a little further. Corey, 
and many others. You stayed in those little, we call them cabins, but I'm sorry, they're like bunkhouses. Shacks with 10 beds in there, right, Pam? So we grab a corner, counselors. Some of you let us borrow your car. That's a step of faith. Young people, you invited your friends. You need to look at Mark, too, and said, yes, in the name of the Lord, I picked up a corner, and I brought some friends to camp. And I couldn't save them, but I did pick up a corner. I prayed for them. You joined the work of God. You picked up a corner. Is picking up a corner of the mat always easy? Is it always comfortable? Is it sometimes awkward? All the above. Our, uh, our bulletin is full of opportunities to work together to bring people into the presence of Jesus. So I want to say is then we look at we look at like Mark 2 and we say, well, how does that work? And, and I'm one who really says, as we open the word of God, then we get personal. We kind of recognize where maybe who carried us to the presence of Jesus. And then Jesus has the authority to forgive sins and to save. And then we have the opportunity to pick up a mat. So there is a good news club volunteers needed. And we've talked about this now probably for a year and a half. And so the, I think... Our goal as a community of churches, the body of Christ, is that every campus in Paso Robles would have a Christian witness, both with teachers and students, but also in a fashion of a club or some place for students to hear about Jesus. How are we doing? So this gives you some training and some opportunities. It's Thursday night at First Baptist, and uh, a group of God's people are going to say, what corner can I pick up? Because I believe that this is something that God wants for our city. How many people would agree this is what God wants for our city? Okay. Uh, the good news is at Lewis Middle School, at Flamson, at Pastor Robles High School, at Liberty, at Kermit King, and at Winver Piper, there are Christian clubs. So how many is that? Six. Cameron, you go to where? Where do you go every Thursday? FCA, and has that been encouragement to you? And when you walk in, you encourage me. And how many people are there at FCA? Just a room full, 50-ish, right? Are you encouraged there? Are you kind of encouraged there? Are you like, wow, it's cool to be around these other students? He's our newest friend. A lot of you guys go too, right? There's four schools that need to have corners picked up. And they're Pat Butler, Bauer Speck, Virginia Peterson, and Georgia Brown. So as God's people, we're saying, is this the corner you want me to pick up? We can't pick up all the corners. I'm not asking you to pick up every loose corner. But sometimes a job is bigger than you can handle or I can handle. And it takes a what? A team. And it takes a team from not just what? CLC. It takes a team from other churches. Correct? How many youth pastors show up? There's two or three normally, right? At FCA. No one person could do that. Or at Shine. So pick up a corner. Let's bring people to Jesus. The schools are open. There's teachers waiting. It's like all the prayer to have these open are already happened. The light is green. Legally, 
we can do this. All they're waiting for is what? Somebody pick up the corner. Now, you have to ask God, is that the corner you want me to pick up? And then he say, no, I've got another corner for you. But I think if you ask God, he's going to direct you. There's a mission trip in the uh, bulletin. And so there's a group of churches uh, working together, and we're building churches, we're working alongside local churches, and we're, we're loving orphans. And you have an opportunity to pick up a corner. The overflow service, CLC, North County Christian Fellowship, Family Worship Center, the bridge, God Squad, we're coming together. It's not a youth event. It's a church event. So I've talked with Pastor Pat. I've talked with Pastor Steve Kalanya. I've talked with, I've talked with uh, Tim Menzine. And we're going to come together, and we're going to just be in the presence of the Lord. And we're going to worship as churches. We did it as young people, and everyone there said, we're better together. We are going to come and worship in the name of the Lord. Is the music going to probably be too loud? Yes. Is the music going to be too long? Yes. Uh, is it always going to be comfortable? No. We may have people dancing. <sighs> There's a group called God Squad, and they actually dance before the Lord. And it's appropriate, but it's dancing. Our goal is not to offend. Our goal is to bring people to the foot of Jesus. That night... Our prayer is that some of the moms and dads of the kids that don't come to church would come because their kids invited them and that people will get saved and that people will be set free and that people will get healed. And that's happening when? Two weeks from tonight because that's what God planned. Amen. So there's lots of opportunities to pick up a corner. Here's the key to the whole message, and we're about there. Verse 10. Verse 9. Which is easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to get up and take your mat? I think they're both kind of hard. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Because Jesus and Jesus alone has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Jesus and Jesus alone has the authority to say, get up and take your mat. So the man got up and took his mat and walked out in full view of all of them. What do you think the four guys up top of the roof are doing? I don't know. They're high-fiving each other. Maybe they're laughing up there. You know that they were like, look how God... I mean, tell me, what, what, what would your expression be if you're one of the four? Like, like, dang. When you're in the presence of the Lord, and he is beginning to save lives, and beginning to restore families, we can say, wow, God, thank you. And so the music can be too loud. It's okay, because God shows up. And there's somebody who dances, and maybe it's not your thing. There was one time at camp, right, guys? The very first night? How weird was that? What was that called? Sila? Sela, which is a little word in Psalms. It's like a break. And it's just like the worship team just started doing, like, music. And then people got up and started, like, dancing. I'm thinking, this is weird. 
the first night at camp, all those poor kids were going like, where are we? <laughs> like this, and, and at times, as we step out, we just have to say, God, you're in control. Now, if it's not biblical, we can get rid of it because we're supposed to test the spirits. And, but there's a place in time where we, we have to kind of make room for God. So my kind of term is make room for God to be God. So in your niece's little life, we need God to be God. And we're not sure how that's going to go. And I know you're going to say, Lord, how, how do I pick up that corner? What can I do? Chuck Davis yesterday, oh, I, I left kind of rocked. I prayed my prayer of faith. I uh, did everything I could, and Chuck was absolutely miserable. So he had emergency surgery. He's got five vertebrae they reworked. And uh, here was a grown man crying out in pain a week after surgery. And I left, like, I, I, awkward. Uh, not sure exactly what to do next. And sometimes when we step into people's lives, we don't know what to do, but we're there, and we... we we, name, we mention the name of Jesus. So with Chuck, if you know him, text him. He's a pretty good texter. Uh, he'll text you back really weird times, like five in the morning, because he wakes up. And like, okay, I tried to visit you at three, but you must have been asleep. Now you're texting me at five. Praise the Lord. Maybe you can cook a meal for Clarice. Maybe uh, you can just write some verses down and stick it to their door. Uh, there's a family right in our own church that really needs a touch from Jesus. And, uh, and so I'm going to encourage you, if you have any relationship with Chuck, and if you're an intercessor or a person who prays, then begin to pray for Chuck and Clarice. Amen. There is a corner of the mat. It may be a neighbor or a niece. It might be a church member. Or maybe a young person at youth group. Maybe there's a homeless. Maybe there's an unborn baby. Maybe there's a missionary that we can come alongside. Maybe there's a Sunday school class that you can teach. Maybe there's a coworker. Maybe there's a family member. Maybe there's a student right there at Bower Speck. And we need to pick up the corner of the map. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his field. So pick up a corner. It took four people to pick up that corner. As we go to Mexico, it takes about 25 to 30 people to do that work. And it's really fun. When you work together, everybody does kind of a, a different part. And as a church, we are praying that God would empower us to serve one another and to serve him and, and to serve our community. I don't know if you noticed, there's quite a few people helping with service today, right? It's kind of fun. We got to know Corey a little better. And Chad. And the Ashfords. Darren, Linnea, and Alex. Jacqueline, Patricia upstairs, and Tim. And on communion, we had Pam and Terry and John and our young people. And we had Rachel and Judy. And we had Boyd and Pat greeting. We had Tom with prayer. And we have Sunday school teachers, and we have those who gave of offerings and those who greeted, which is all of us. We kind of experienced a little bit of Mark 2 today. Pretty fun to be part of taking people to Jesus. And then when we meet him, he really does change lives. So today, 
we made a little reminder. And I made you a little mat. So I'm going to put these out in the middle of the aisle. And you're going to take this home. This is Mark chapter 2, 1 through 12. Take them to Jesus. And uh, I think today would be a success in the eyes of God if we would say, Lord, is is there a corner of the mat that you want me to pick up? Don't pick it up unless the Lord tells you to. Uh, and, and I talked to someone here and says, Pastor Guy, my plate's pretty full. Great. Awesome. Then you're doing what God wants you to do. But as, as, uh, as the gospel unfolds in, in Mark and th- throughout the gospel, that good news, and it takes, it takes a team. So I'm going to have my Matt and Preston. Why don't you kind of put those, grab those, and kind of put... One here and kind of one in back and leave some of those mats on the, on the. Perfect. Just a reminder to do what? Take them to Jesus. Take a corner. Perfect. So I'm going to have Linnea and family and worship team come on up. This is also the week uh, that we uh, make we call Needy Family Fund. And so if you'd like to leave an additional offering here, uh, it's, it's for those within our church body. I know that just sort of recently there was a new family, that young man who came to a youth group, and, and they needed rent, and I couldn't pay all their rent, but you're a type of church that I said, we have a Needy Family Fund, and you're part of the family of God. And it's private, and no one knows what student it was, but you're the type of church that says, can we help you? pay rent. Uh, that's, the, that's the people of God picking up a corner. And so you'll see missionaries, you'll have many opportunities to pick up that corner with the, the help of the Lord and the strength of the Lord. Because once you've met Jesus, once you have uh, been taken, then you want to take as many others as possible to meet Jesus. Let's bow our prayer, head in prayer. I think those four on the, on the roof were gigglers. And they were joyful in serving God. And I think serving God is something that oftentimes is pretty fun. And there's a lot of high five going on. And we all realize that, Lord, we're not the heroes. We're just your servants. And we're there to help. We're there to take people. And it's kind of awkward. And sometimes it's a little risky because... Sometimes we pray and it doesn't seem like anything happens. Sometimes we give and it never seems to be enough. And we take a friend to Jesus to have a, a leg healed and, and you really want to take care of their heart. But Lord, when we meet you, we're never, ever, ever disappointed because you're God. So Spirit of God, just kind of just rest on us today. There may be some in this room who uh, feel like uh, they're like the crippled man. And tonight, today, Lord, uh, they need to meet you, and they're in this place. And we pray for them right now in Jesus' name. It could be health. It could be a loved one. It could be family. It could be finances. Lord, meet them right now in Jesus' name.
If you're one this morning just says, I need a touch from God today, I'm going to just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Say, Lord, here I am. I need to meet you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. How about those that would say, I'm ready to pick up a corner with your help, God. I'm wanting to take people to meet you. I'm willing to be uncomfortable and at times maybe even awkward but Lord show me it is and show me where to start in taking people to meet Jesus raise your hand thank you Lord Lord help us take this mark too and walk in your grace and walk in your power We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.